Great. Hello, everyone. How are you? So we're going to talk going global. We're going to talk international trade. I've already I've been here for a couple of hours now, and I've heard the high quality of speakers and how you think about um, making business work in, in, in amongst national borders, if you want. So here in the UK, we have a maximum access of about 60 million people. What if we could expand that? What if we could go to, say, 500 million people, or even a billion people? Would that make a difference? A significant difference. That could elevate our business to a whole new level. So let's see how we can achieve that, and let's see what might stop us. What are the things that are different in international trade that we take for granted today? So today, I'm going to set you up and get you thinking about international trade. And then you've got a panel to discuss part of the things that I, that I say today. And then tomorrow, you'll be ready to, to tackle the specific issues, the risks issues, the regulations. So we have two days to, to cover this. I've got some slides, but before I do, um, go on. Something that struck me, so I have this similar experience. So I was in Singapore um, last, last fall, uh, meeting with, with all these young people and, and entrepreneurs, and the speed by which they progress is absolutely fascinating. So anybody who has seen how, how the, the worlds of Singapore, but also San Francisco, those hubs develop, it's incredible to see. So let's see if we do this, and I'm, I'm eager to hear what you think uh, in the UK too. What strikes me is on one side, we're getting the message, hey, let's go abroad, let's go business, let's go global, but yet look at the world events. This is where we say, wait a minute, hold on. Going international is actually quite problematic right now. The impact of Brexit and, you've heard it before, the coronavirus, does that limit our ability to think global? and go global? I would argue not, but precautions still need to be made. So why am I all saying this? Because I represent the Institute of Export and International Trade. And this is just a snapshot. We've, we've been around for over 80 years. And the idea was this. Going global enriches our companies. Going abroad makes them stronger, more resilient, and gives markets more choice. We want to enhance the export performance of the UK, but the way to do that is not just to go and say, well, here's the market, go fetch. We need to do it in an insightful way. We need to do it by enhancing the professionalism of the industry. And here it says, we need to set professional standards. We need to look into international trade management and best practices and have those delivered to everybody, anybody who thinks about going abroad through training, through ongoing education, and through business support. And we've been doing this for over 80 years now. And this way, we help the entrepreneur who thinks about this for the first time to become a global, global multinational company. And that's what we truly want. So support is there. Now, some of you are already working in international trade. Others may think about, hey, what's in it for me? What do I need to know about this? And really, this keynote is just to give you a bit of a flavor of why international trade is different. So you may know international trade from all of these things. Um, you may know that it has to do, traditionally, you think of international trade as goods moving 
from A to B, so it could even be the tomato that's brought in from Spain, or it could be the, um, the mobile phone. And then it gets already interesting because the mobile phone gets produced in China, designed by, by someone in California, and then moved around the world in different ways. So this is where it already gets interested. So we've got goods, but did you know international trade is also about services? So we're going to look at that. So it's good services, and this you've also discussed before, capital. So it's when it moves across international borders is that with these three things become international trade, goods, um, services, and capital. And we also know that if we wouldn't have international trade, we'd be severely limited. Just think of our choices in the supermarket. What happens to White Rose shopping if you take international trade out? How would the supermarket shell look? And this idea of trading together, of collaborating, has been around for millions of years. And examples are on the slide right now. Just think of the Ember Road. Why was the Ember Road created? It's basically a trade road of the Middle Ages, where once you were on it, could go all the way to the end. Seamless international trade. And what is seamless international trade? Well, that's what we have, for example, well, mostly, between domestic cities. It's like London to Manchester. Apart from the traffic jam, nobody's going to stop us. Now, wouldn't that be nice if we had that across the whole world? Just go. Now, you know this, but just to be sure, you want to enter a new market? You want to take, make your product available in international markets? There are certain things that we need to be doing. Today, we trade everything, almost everything. There is ridiculous amounts of things we trade. You see some examples here. Even water gets traded. So important. It's when I was in, that was very clear to me when I was in, uh, in, in Miami and I had a, had, a, had a dinner and I was given uh, Italian water. So, well, how did that get here? Is that really needed? Services are also what we trade. And of course, you know that when we bring this out, we'll call it an export. And when we bring it in, we'll call it an import. Now, I don't want to kill you with slides and, and, and PowerPoint presentations, but this is noteworthy. All you have to see here is this is how, under traditional circumstances, with no corona outbreak, we have traded in the past. And you see here, the general direction of travel for exports globally, this is taken from the World Trade Organization, is up. It is up for exports, it is up for imports. So this means we do recognize how important these um, trade opportunities are. And all of the countries have a general direction of up. And if you were wondering, what are the kind of goods that we're trading internationally? Well, take a look at this. Here you've got some ideas. Would you have guessed that cars, I'm German myself, so it's no surprise that there's a slide. Um, would you have guessed that it is cars that is the number one traded product around the globe? Followed by, if you think about it, it's not that surprising, given that we all, well, most of us, drive. Up next would be refined petroleum. That explains why the likes of Saudi Arabia are so important when they do international trade. We'll have to see where Lego fits in here, huh? <laughs> so you see, another thing you see here is the dependency of international trade. As we trade this around the world, 
what happens if I disrupt this? What are the kind of products that will feel it first? Here's an idea of what's really important. What are the things we export and import most? And the result of all of this trading is this train. As crazy as it looks, I don't know if you can't see that, but what it does say, it takes every part of the train and it tells you where was this made. And you can see, if you look through this, most of this comes from the UK. Some of it comes from other parts in Europe. And even further, another parts and other parts come from further afield. That means to do one train requires the world. And that tells you something about integrated supply chains and the importance of international trade for us as consumers, as people. It means you can't just consider international trade as something abstract. International trade is actually something we live every day. And that means your product has a place in international trade too, because we live it every day. Just this stage is full of international trade. I don't want to even imagine where that water's from. But I'm sure this clicker, Interspace Industries, was manufactured in the UK. <laughs> well, it says that. It says that. All right. Okay. So, point not made. Guess this. Guess what? Guess what? There's another slide. I love slides when they go up because it's always good. But what's this? So, this is not your trade of goods, that's your trade of services. So if you're in the service industry and you thought, this is not something I can do, I can just switch off. No, you cannot. Banking, finances, consultancy, advice, electronic services, all of this are services. And look at the direction of travel. So if you're in the UK, we all are, and if you are dealing in services, you're in the city of London or elsewhere, congratulations. The demand is out there, and so should you be. Now, some of the people say, well, that's great, let's just go. So how do we do it then? What's the thing that we need to know? And why is international trade different? Well, look, you can argue this is London, this is Manchester, let's just go. And in some cases, that worked. Well, in the case of the EU, that did work or that does work until the end of the year. But then something else is going to happen, right? We're going to put a border in front of it, and then that seamless travel is going to be interrupted. And what does it do when you put a border in the middle of all this? Well, it creates, guess what, costs. So costs and friction due to the border need, are different from traditional national trade. So these costs and these dealings of how to clear a customs border need to be understood. That's clear. And not only once, it might have to be understood several times. So the cost factor needs to be taken into consideration. But there is more. As you look for customers abroad, customers are not the same. If you deal with a German, you know what I mean. You deal with someone from another country, again, there are differences, cultural differences. I always say, and this is not really the right thing to say, but I'll say it anyway, try to call someone in Spain at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's a long time ago. They still pick up today. But never mind, you get the point. There are cultural differences. Trying to do business in the Middle East on Friday, maybe not such a good idea. There are also language barriers. Try to explain what you sell in different language might be a challenge. So all of these things, plus different legal systems, jurisdictions, regulations, need to be understood. Now, you will certainly argue the further you go up north, 
It's the same. Someone in London can't understand someone from York. Oh, come on. You know what I mean. But it's the similar idea, you know? So there are all of these differences. There is the culture. There are the systems that need to be thought of. And of course, the key feature here that is that's significantly different that now, to get the, to the final product that you want to sell, you have choices. Because not only will you look abroad for someone to, to sell the goods to or to be your partner, you could even bring production units into different countries. So you can source one bit from there, one bit from there, third bit from there, and a final bit from there, and then bring it all together to create the product. You could also start with the raw material in one country, and then keep producing and adding on and moving it along the chain. That is something that we see, and that, in some cases, in many cases, is more cost-effective than producing it at home. Now, we could argue the ethics of this, but it is a fact. And it is like this, it is in this way that we've become so globally interconnected. And some argue, looking at what's going on in the world right now, how did we let that happen? Be it as it may, you've seen the, you've seen the graph, you've seen this has delivered significant values, and it is something that we pursue today. And this is something that's open you today. I don't know if you can see this, this is supposed to be the world, and it's supposed to show you one differentiator. Logistics and transportation is significantly different. Goods could be ordered here, could then have to move all the way across the world, could be recontainerized, could be moved into different mode of transport, into different boxes, and so on. How am I doing for time? Need to speed up, right? Yes. All right. So you can see that, that transportation and logistics, something else you need to think about, because it's very different. And here are the key points you want to remember. In trading, just like in business itself, it's about collaboration. Here, someone's export is another person's import. Think of it. You export something, it must go somewhere. What relationships do you have with the person importing this? Can they actually import this? You also know that you're adding another layer of complexity, which is the international trade law. Not only do you deal with the national law, in order to comply with the regulations, as you have heard already today and you will hear tomorrow, you also need to deal with the international law on top of it. There is customs fees, entry fees that inflate the price, that, that reduce potentially profit margin. And there's, of course, national standards you need to consider. Now, you may say, oh, right, Arnie, I'm scared. I don't want to go anymore. That would be wrong approach. All you need to have is a reality check that that is different. And how do you accommodate that? And there are different opportunities, of course. For example, free trade agreements. This is really important in the post-Brexit world. On 2021, new trade agreements for the UK come into force. Who's ready on 1 January 2021 to leverage over 21 free trade agreements? If not, shall we get ready? Let's go. Because if we do, all of that duty, that entry fees, drops to zero. Now, that's strategic. That makes us get ready for international trade. So first get the reality check, what's it's different, and then leverage on the opportunities. Because where there is challenge, there is always opportunity. 
And free trade agreements are the big thing to think about in international trade for us. You don't want this, so you need to be aware that there are certain ways, certain issues, certain things you can't export. And there are rules for this. The US is really hot on this. So you may come across export control violations. Okay, so we will deal with that. We are entrepreneurs in this room. We develop stuff. This is not a hiccup. This is just one element that we deal with, that we take note of, and that we manage. Known, seen, dealt with. So to get to the export, this is the route you will take. You need to, first of all, identify the market. Who's going to buy my stuff? You then need to search for the buyers that will actually get it. You then need to create some kind of international trading agreement, and that comes with pitfalls itself. Inco terms. Oh, God, don't go there. You need to register for exporting. This is just tasks that you do in setting up. Search for three PLs. That is your logistic and transportation providers. Then arrange for the routing. Decide on which vessel it will go. Will it go by plane? Will it go by vessel? How, when will it arrive? How many costs? Where's the space? And then you can carry out the proper export. And you can move the stuff. So there's a lot of stuff you've got to do. And you can see, if I compare London to Manchester right now, this is not as complex. So some people step away in fear and say, whoa, no, 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 can't do that. Others say, especially now, I will do it. Because here's the good news. Got over this, then the world is your oyster. Done, got this in place, export to the world is open. And this is what I mean. We're embarking on amazing negotiations with, whether they'll be amazing, we'll see, but never mind. We're embarking on negotiations with the US, opening the market even more. Currently, we trade with the US. If I trust the government, then I will say that this will open even more. Have we looked at the US market under fresh eyes? If this is realized, what will we do? That's strategic too. And if we reach a deal with the European Union, how will we leverage it? Or do we sit back and say, oh, we don't know if it's going to happen. I'm just going to sit here and not do anything and wait for the final results. I don't think we should. I think the demand is there, the people are waiting for us to serve them, and we should leverage that opportunity. And if you're wondering, but Arnie, I want, okay, it's complex, but I can do it. I have a good entrepreneurial spirit, so that's great. How do I do it? There's help. There's us, the Institute of Export. There's also the government. I put you here, the uh, Great Gulf UK campaign, where they will actually tell you what the demand is in certain countries, and all you need to do is click and say, I can deliver that. And you can post what you have and they will broadcast it to the world for you, they being the government. If you're confused and you think, my goodness, what about all these trade agreements? What is a free trade agreement? What happens with Brexit? What about IncoTerms and all of these things you said? There's the Open to Export Free website. And that is an amazing tool. Not only does it give you free webinars and information that you can access, but what it also does, it allows you to go into a friendly competition with your peers. 
It allows you about three times a year to say, hey, I've got a product to sell. I want to sell this abroad, and here is how I have done it. It'll be assessed by a professional jury, and you can get some cash, some injection to your business, and a stage to show your products to even sell more. Now, with that, guys, this is the end. I just wanted to say thank you. There is training opportunities with the Institute of Export. You can see some of the amazing courses that we do. They're quite geeky, so you've got to be in the kind of geek mode to, to get into it. But if you are ready, want to be ready for the US, and you want to be ready for the EU, then that's the kind of stuff you want to do. There is consultancy, and there is membership, so you can all join this amazing organization. And then there are qualifications if you don't know what to do on your Friday night. And that is it. So the demand's out there. You go grab it, and the sky is the limit. Thank you. Thank you, Arnie. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Um, there is a bit of time for questions. Yes, I can see a hand there, and I'm looking around as well. We'll come to you uh, with a microphone. Feel free to say where you're from. You don't have to. Sneak around here. Thank you. Hi. Uh, Works right. Um, I run my own fashion brand called Made of Carpet, and uh, my question will be very particular. I'm going to uh, exhibition uh, trade exhibition in uh, uh, New York this year, and uh, I know that I need uh, to get a tucker net for my exhibits to get out of country without so any attack. Yeah. So, but uh, it's not the secret that uh, most of the stuff on the, this kind of exhibitions are sold out to. So, if I do a tucker net for, let's say, I don't know, 30 goods, and then I'm coming back, but without those those goods, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed so, to do? So the, the so that's an interesting question, right? So you because go to I don't know. Will I sell it or so not? So you go to a trade exhibition and you say, hey, here's, here's my samples, right? Look how beautiful it is. And the people say, no, I want this, right? OK, so then you've made a commercial sale, right? So then the government's going to say, oh, you sold this. Give me the money. So then you make a, you make a declaration. You pay, the, you pay the duty, and that's it. Right? Yeah, but where on on what stage? Because when I get in, I have to go through the red one and show them my attacker net. They're supposed to stamp it. This is like exactly. Is so at this point, what they could do? So yeah, it depends on the officer. The officer is going to say, "Ah, oh, you're going to an exhibition, and it wants to be strict." What he can do is make you make these samples. So you have samples, but they're actually not samples. Do you get it? They are actually commercial products that you can sell. So he should make you pay for the customs duty upon entry, all of it. Yeah, but if I have an attacker net? Then he will say, all right, then make them samples. Samples you can't sell. So take little bits of it. Or I had it in the case of shoes. They stamp the shoes. They, they pun hole punch the shoes. They cannot stump my stuff. Um, anyway, I don't know. Will I will I sell it or not? This is the thing because maybe maybe I sell half of it. Maybe I sell all of it because I I went to Japan. I didn't do it. I paid on a, on a entrance and I sold almost everything except I do bags. I accept two bags from, Great. from Good. over forty. Good. But I don't know what's going to happen in America. I've never been in a, in a, to a trade exhibition in America, so I need to cover my back. Any, so we anyway. can also we can also talk offline and I can tell you more a bit about it. But that's Are you how intrigued it really by works. this? Sure. What's the business called? 
made of carpet. Made of carpet. Yeah, we do carpet bags like Mary Poppins. I like it. Great. I like it. So with any carpet business, there will be some underlying issues, um, as, as you might. Now, I don't want to pull the rug from under the questioner, but I do know. Don't pull Made of carpet, rug. there's a free plug. I think Dr. Arnie's surgery could be quite a hit, actually. Yes. Is yes. this the sort of thing that we can come to the Institute about? Or so that is exactly the more the geekier it is, uh, the better it right. is, right? Or the, the more complex. Because if it would be easy, you wouldn't need us, right? All right. So the idea is that there is complex stuff, just like your question, right? We need All to look right. at in a bit more detail. All right, challenge okay. accepted, Dr. Rani. Who else has got a geeky question? <laughs> or any question? Yes. Here we go, at the back. Eyes down. Thank you. I work for um, the Academy of Executive Coaching, and we have 13 overseas presences, uh, global partners that we work with. We're increasingly working with global organizations. And our problem is we can never predict where they're gonna want us to show up because they might say, we want you to be in New York and we want you to be here and there. And, and you can put all the thought into being in New York or wherever they say, and then they go, no, actually Manila. And, and then there's sort of all the kind of um, tax considerations and Last week, I was negotiating some delivery of training in India, and the hardest part of it was the, just the tax advice, really, and the speed at which all of that happens. And kind of you want to give the same service globally to everybody, but then things get slowed down. So it's a really good point, right? Okay, so briefly, yeah. on and then we'll bring the panel in. So this is thoughts. where obviously you need you need to look at the particular country. It's not diff it's not easy for me to to just to say do this, but usually yes. So tax matters need to be considered. They are different uh, from country to country, and what you can do is certainly look at how it is how, how the laws work, and then try to adopt it as as flexible as possible. But it does. It, it is a headache, and it requires a bit of planning prior. So I'll, I'll, I'll catch you offline. It's, it can't be discussed like in one minute or so. Hashtag, it's complicated. All right, well, Arnie, um, deserve, uh, you deserve a seat. So please, uh, Arnie Milken, thank you very much thank indeed. You.